Bishop. Happy March, everybody. It is personally my favorite month on the sports calendar. Just, just a great month in general. The weather starts getting warmer. Uh, not so much today. It's kind of rainy here in, here in Lynchburg. It's snowy just a few hours north of here back home, which sounds absolutely awful. But Colby is not here yet. His uh, actual job kept him way later than he expected, and he actually just walked in. So he's about to jump on Mike. Welcome. Welcome. Once you switch over to the other side. <laughs> Your mic's already on. You're good to okay, go. Okay, there we go. Thanks to uh, Christian Wiener, who was about to fill in for you, but then walked out as soon as you walked in the room. <laughs> I made it. I made it. <laughs> you did. You did make it. But, so, baseball. We had stuff happen this week. Finally. Some things Some things did, in fact, happen yeah. for, for a change. The, the last two weeks, stuff actually happened when spring training finally started. Yeah, usually the it doesn't take this long for free agency to start happening, but it did. No, it, so. normally free the big free agents are signed by the end of January, but in this case, it March. took until the <laughs> beginning of March. It took an extra month. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Bryce Harper signed an absolutely fat contract with the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah. Absolutely huge. 13 years, $330 million. That equates out to about $25.8 million a year. Yep. Until he's 39. 39. Until he's 39. He will be 39 years old making $25 million. And the best part is, I, I find this hilarious, the Mets will still have to pay Bobby Bonilla for another that. four years That's... after this co- after this Bryce Harper contract is yeah. up. Yeah. He finessed them. Talk about kicking the can down the road. <laughs> How long has it been since Bobby Bonilla uh, has actually played a game for the Mets? It, I don't know. But it's got to be pushing 10 years at this point. Yeah, they started this form of the contract where they pay him a certain amount. I think this was in 2011 was like the first time he started getting money from this specific, like in these specific increments, and it's going to go until... Every July 1st Yeah. until, let's see, 13 years from 29 until, so 2036... Yeah, because he had like twenty million dollars left, and they're like, "We'll just pay you like one something into a year until it's over for the next twenty five years." <laughs> he was like, "Sure." <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't been on their roster for years now, but Brett, Bryce Harper, man, this is insane. He and now he's been recruiting other people to Philadelphia teams. Yeah, I mean, the he's, whole Le'Veon thing. Everybody is recruiting Le'Veon, essentially, and he yeah. always has like the same response, the same emoji yeah. is always Ev- his response. Everyone is recruiting Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Bryce Harper wants it for the Eagles. Everyone knows, and based on what the Eagles were saying, or the Eagles, the Phillies were saying at press conferences and stuff, they are not done spending money. No, they're they done, still need pitching. They have the, a great lineup. The, they have a great lineup. Their pitching's a little shaky, but it's solid. Like yeah. this is a, especially with as bad as the NL East is, this is easily enough to win the NL East if everyone plays to the level they're capable of. That's my thing, though. I'm I don't Bryce Harper's not a missing piece for a World Series team. He's no. just not. Like it may be 2015 Bryce Harper, but um, in the last three seasons he's had. Um, like his war was like fifty eighth in the league. Yeah, That's his, not worth three hundred and thirty million dollars. His his numbers are down, but he's also a name. Yeah, no, he's gonna get people in the seats for sure. He's gonna he's gonna put butts in seats at Citizens Bank Park, which And he hits very well at Citizens Bank Park. Yeah, and Citizens Bank Park is tiny. Yes. Because it is I have been there. It mm-hmm. is literally Camden Yards with blue seats. Yeah. 
I have it's as, a small place. I I have been to both. Citizens Bank Park is literally Camden Yards with blue seats and a third deck that doesn't connect all the way around. <laughs> that is the only difference. The rest of it, it is it is Camden Yards. It is tiny, and the ball flies out of there. Yeah. So he's gonna have a great time there playing their eighty-one games a year now instead of nine. In another way, because if you're not a Philly fan, like Philly fans are loving it, obviously they got Bryce Harper, but most other people are saying it's a bad deal because it's 13 years for a guy who has hasn't played well in a couple seasons. Yeah. The only way I could see it not being an awful deal is if the NL gets a designated hitter, yes. which people are saying they might come around in the next few years. Because then at the end of when he's 39, he can designate, he can be a designated hitter because he's already. Um, starting to struggle a little bit more defensively. He's yeah. had a couple bad defensive seasons, so. But he's he's very good offensively. Yeah, so if they can throw him in at a DH, at in that ballpark, and really maybe worth twenty five million dollars. And really, the the true value of this contract is the first eight years. Yes. the The true value of this contract is up is the first eight years. The last five was just like you're a superstar name of the game of baseball. So we're just going to throw a lot of money at you. Yeah. And you used to play for our by far biggest rival or one of our biggest rivals. And this deal is essentially tell, saying in that eight year window, they're telling the fans, we are, we have to win at least one, maybe two world series. And yeah. Cause if they don't, then that's a fa- That's a failed sign. That's a massively failed signing. But the fact that I know the Phillies are not done spending money because like, from a lot of the the press conferences and stuff I heard, they're still going to make a play for Mike Trout in two years. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Because and, in baseball, signing one big person doesn't mean you can't sign another big person. And you don't, you probably don't even have to throw as much money at Mike Trout. Like you, the, could, the you only could, thing I think about that is other teams are other teams are going to throw so a lot. If of he's money. willing to take like like maybe like a hundred million dollar less which i don't know if anybody would be willing to do that for anybody i think he'd i think he'd go up to probably about 40 to 50 million dollars under to go to philly to go to philly because he he already he's made no secret about wanting to go back home and play in philly like he's made no secret about that. Him and Carson Wentz are best friends. Yeah, he's a big Eagles fan. He's a big Eagles fan. Like he never jumped on the Rams bandwagon when they came to LA. Like he has stayed loyal to his hometown team. But teams like the Yankees, Dodgers, all this they're gonna throw five hundred million dollars at Mike Trout. If if the if the Yankees get Mike Trout. That's the thing. I, I wouldn't I, put anything past the Yankees. I'm I'm just done with baseball. If the Yankees get Mike Trout, that is that is the definition of you either die a hero or you live to see yourself. Yeah, a player that is universally liked by everybody. Yeah. Going to the Yankees. Yeah. Like, that is the textbook def- – especially – not like he got traded. Like, he no. signed there. Like, no, that, yeah. is, that is the textbook definition of you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself yeah. become the villain. But they're the Yankees, so they are going to throw, like, $500 million at him. If the, Eagle, if the Eagles give him 450 – or Eagles. If the Phillies give him 450 I think he takes that. He might. Because but the thing is, I don't know if they would offer that as well because he's gonna, his contract is he's he's also gonna get a at least ten year deal because he's the best player in baseball. Yeah, and he's, he's going to be for at least six more, seven more years. He's gonna get a massive contract, but I would not. I don't think, honestly, I think the, I think the Phillies are probably already negotiating with him. That'd be tampering. It. <laughs> 
You think MLB cares? Are you, are you accusing the Philadelphia Phillies of tampering? I'm accusing all of Major League Baseball I'm accusing of tampering. Every professional sports team of tampering. All let's see how many how many total teams are there? There's 32 in the NFL, 30 in the NBA, so yeah. that's 62. 31 in the NHL makes 93, plus another 30 in baseball it makes 123 professional teams in North America. All tamper. I accuse. I am accusing all 123 of them of tampering. It's just don't make it obvious so you just, get fined. Just don't make it obvious like they do in the NBA. Yeah. I feel like baseball is far more subtle. Yeah, no, it is because the NBA is in the lim- in the limelight more, like on Twitter and social media. Yeah. When someone looks at someone on another team, Adam Silver's there with a fine. He's like, yeah, hey, Adam Silver's there with a tampering fine because <laughs> the the NBA plays out on Twitter more yeah. than any other. Sport. Sport. Yeah, that's what's kept them relevant. Yeah, they're through a time of not of of total lack of parity. Yes, of boring, boring total lack of parity. They replaced parity with um, entertainment. They, they were they replaced parity with wrestling feuds. Yeah, essentially, yes. That's literally what it is. Yeah. If you're an NBA fan and you're like, oh, wrestling's fake, it's stupid. You like the NBA. It's almost just as fake. It's <laughs> like you watch the NBA. There's just as much contrived dr- drama. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we'll we'll get to WWE later in the show, but <laughs> that that's the and I I wanted to comment on this one because I saw your uh, retweet earlier about the uh, SNL skit, the weekend update bit that answers the question: How much would you have to pay someone to live in Philadelphia? Yes, that was that was pretty funny. <laughs> I like I I just retweet stuff like that because my roommate and my friends are from Philadelphia and they lo- like anytime I see an anti anti Philadelphia. Okay, thing, that like, makes more sense. I'm like the, they're gonna lo- they're gonna immediately send me a message or something about it. So, <laughs> so it's just to set them off. I yes. can respect that. <laughs> but I I actually read through the replies of that and it was amazing. One of the best <sighs> one of the best replies was, uh, "Do you mean how much you would have to pay me to watch SNL?" Yeah, that was a good one, too. It's like, okay, that's good, because SNL is terrible. No, it is terrible. But it's it, say some, one thing bad about Philly, and it sets everybody off. Oh, it's it fantastic. does. It's hilarious. But I mean, I, They are so defensive, and I love it. I did just apply for a job in Philadelphia two days ago. I don't have so. a problem. The, the city of Philadelphia is fine. I don't have a problem with it. It's the fans that I do not like. <laughs> the fans aren't that bad. Uh, I, I'd take Find the right ones, and they are. <laughs> I, I, I'd take them over Cleveland. Cleveland? What's wrong with Cleveland? Everything. They, lo- I respect Browns fans for I the don't. passion. I, they, I don't. I, they love that team they, no they, matter how bad they've been. They love their that team, but they booed Art Modell. No, I understand. Like, But the ones that have been there, if you support a team that has been that bad for that long, That's I, true. I can respect that. I was an Orioles fan. That was, <laughs> I mean, I was too, so I, I know the struggle of... Having a team be bad for over a decade, and you're still like, yeah, that's my team. Literally grew up, never... I did not experience the MLB playoffs until I was 17. I enjoyed watching baseball knowing my team was going to lose almost 100 games every single year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did not did not get to experience the Major League Baseball playoffs until my senior year of high school, right before I turned 18. Oh man, and it's probably that streak is probably going to continue. Yeah, oh no, it is. Like the uh, what? Do you, actually, they're doing great in spring training. <laughs> they're they're doing great in spring training, but I I wrote this on the rundown. No, yeah, I saw. It. I won't freak out about spring training games. I won't freak out about spring training games. I won't freak out about spring training games because every time I see the score pop up on my phone and it says like, oh, the Orioles beat the Red Sox six Not, to two. They won nine to one yesterday it's against like, the Red Sox. It's like 
oh, well, hey, we beat the World Series champions, but you also beat the World Series champions in Florida. No, I agree that you can't put too much stock into spring training, but I also do... Th- it gives me a little hope that the seasons, even though they're going to be bad, it's going to be kind of fun to yeah. watch young guys go out there. Like um, yeah, Diaz, who we got from Machado, has played well in spring training. He's probably not yeah. going to start on the opening day squad, but he'll get called up sometime. He'll probably event. He'll probably get called up. He'll, if nothing else, will be a September call. up Cisco, who we, who people have had very high hopes for. Yeah, Chance. He, str- he struggled at the plate last year in spring training. He's been going off. So yeah, Chance Cisco, one of the more highly rated prospects in the Orioles yeah, farm DJ system. DJ Stewart, Austin Hayes, all these young guys get like, a chance to go out there. And, it'll be a little more fun than last year, I'm sure. Yeah, having a having a team of a bunch of young guys trying to make a name for themselves. That is bad is more fun to watch a bunch of veterans that are bad. Yeah, because you know it's like, okay, we're watching the fading career. Yeah, these, of, these guys aren't going to get better. It's like, we're oh, great. I'm watching the fading career of one of my childhood heroes. That's that's great. The most depressing thing is Adam Jones has yet to be signed, yeah, which like, I don't understand. Like, I, I will make this plea again this week. Orioles, just... Give him what? Give him like a three million dollar deal. Give him a hometown hero contract for the love of God. It's not that hard. What? You, you have plenty of money. There's no reason he shouldn't. He had a good season last year. There's yeah. no reason he shouldn't be signed. Yeah, like once I think as terrible as this sounds, I want, I do want John Angelos to officially take over the team, mm-hmm. like day to day operations of the team from his from his father. Yes, because I feel like John Angelos is significantly less cheap. Yeah, he's and, less of a technophobe. And in baseball, you can't be cheap. No, you just can't. There's no, no salary cap. You have to take advantage of that. Yeah, I understand. Like, don't give the don't, fine. Don't pay three hundred million dollars for somebody over over a decade long contract. If that's not the team you want to be, fine. But you also can't be cheap. There's yeah. a difference. Like you are rolling in the broadcast money of two teams. Yeah, you have money. You own the broadcast you both you own both your own broadcast rights and the Nationals. You are rolling in broadcast rights money. Yeah, go go buy a player. Yeah, go go sign some go sign some big Don't do it right now. No. Dude, no. When after these guys have um, build, gotten, yeah. build your core but when your core is built and ready for their big boy contracts give them big boy contracts and don't let the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Cubs steal them which they will and the Dodgers and the Dodgers and all these big markets all the big market teams maybe throw some extra money at your guys to get them to stick around and maybe you'll bring a World Series back to Baltimore for the first time and when you win another one, probably over forty years. Oh yeah. Like it, it'll probably cross forty years before they win another when one. Was last one eighty what three eighty three? So oh, it'll definitely be forty. They're years. sitting at thirty six right now, and that is going to continue because they're definitely not winning this year. Yeah, but or one of one of the other ones. This was like you met. As much as I don't like doing this, you did. You did mention the uh, the setting off the Philly fans. I thought this was hilarious when uh, Bryce Harper slipped at his press oh, conference. Oh, was so funny. And he said DC. It and was everyone, so funny. everyone was freaking out and trying to justify it. It's like maybe he went Delaware County. He no, did not. Absolutely he did no not, way. One, I'm not even from the city, and I know absolutely none of you call it DC. Yeah. None of you call Delaware County DC. Like, he would have said Philly. He would not have said <laughs> Delaware County. Philly's not even in Delaware County. There's yeah, I don't 
Oh. Philly is not even in Delaware County. Delaware County is exclusively the suburbs. And it's just so funny to me because all of my friends that are Philadelphia fans were like retweeting. They're like, um, him at the press conference, like, oh my gosh, we're so excited. We're going to win the World Series and all that. And then when he posted that, I was like, yes, this is my opportunity. And I was just like, retweet. Every time I saw something about it, I was like, it's like, like retweet. Br- bring a championship back to D.C. He was. Not- I don't even like the Nationals. And I was like, oh, I love that. That's so funny. Sorry, guys. He was not referring to Delco because, one, he's probably never been there. He's probably never heard of it. Yeah. Um, actually, he might have because he, he played his minor league ball in Pennsylvania because the Nationals do have a minor league team in Harrisburg. Yeah. But still, he's probably, if he's heard it, he probably didn't remember it. He's been living in D.C. for nearly 10 years. That was just one of those things you say in every press conference, and he's just used to saying D.C. Yeah. That's all it was. It was a slip of the tongue. He has not readjusted to playing for a team in Philadelphia. Yeah. He will, he will be fine. He will probably... if. If you sign Mike Trout in two years, he will probably help you win a World Series between the two of them. believe so. If uh, they got Mike Trout. If they got Mike Trout, that would immediately make them the best team in the NL. Yeah, but the thing is, being the best team in the NL, the Red Sox are just so good. Yeah, that's very true. So, I mean, they didn't get worse. No. And they're probably not going to get worse because they're very young. That's the thing. They have a good young core, and they're a team that can go get a big name. Because they're the Red Sox, they yeah. spend money. Yeah, so the, like, that's the thing. I don't. I'm not that afraid of the Yankees really doing anything no. because the the Yankees, as they are currently composed, live and die by the homer. Yeah, and teams like that don't usually win the World Series. 2012 Orioles. If yep. if you live and die by the home run offensively, you're not going to win a World Series because one, in those playoffs you run into pitchers that don't give up home runs. <laughs> you roll you roll into the playoffs with all your ridiculous amounts of runs scored and your your five twenty home run hitters and your and all your ridiculous offense, and then you got to manufacture runs in the playoffs. That's you what can't you, do. you can't hit home runs anymore now, can you? And typically, the teams that hit home runs, they do not know how to manufacture. Runs. No, they're not about that. <laughs> they're they're not about that life. They're about that. Runners on first and second, no out. We're not button. We're <laughs> swinging for the fences three times. Hit that three run home run. Yep. <clears throat> Raul Abanez. <laughs> That's that was the Orioles for like every year they were good. <laughs> yeah, 2014 they were a little better. They were a little more balanced offensively, but they were still like Chris Davis still swung for the fences because he hit like he hit like 50 some home runs that year. While batting like 230. While batting, yeah, while just barely hovering above the Mendoza line. I mean, if you hit 50 home runs, that's fine. Yeah, you can. This season, he's going to bat 150 with like 18 home runs. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's going to be awful. It's going to be bad. Well, he did have that one a couple. He crushed that, but I mean, it, it looked it looked like 2013, 2014. Was, Chris Davis. That was his fourth at bat, where his first three were strikeouts. Yes, so two of them looking. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be another rough year for Chris Davis. Yes, sorry, he seems like a good guy. But. He seems like a very good guy, but he, what happened? I don't even know what they happened. They took him off Adderall, right? Wasn't that? Well, no, like he got. He, he ha- he's is he allowed to use it? Now? Yeah, like okay. he has a therapeutic use exemption. Okay, but like that that was it though. Like after he came back from it that, was he, literally after that he's been awful. Yeah, why why didn't he just get another therapeutic use exemption? It's not like they're hard to get. Yeah, I don't know. Like the only reason he got suspended was because he, he didn't get it approved. He forgot to get. He didn't get his paperwork in in time for the for the exemption. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And then he started. Just hitting like barely above two hundred. 
That's the thing, though. The if he could just hit at all, because he's very, he's a very good first baseman. Yeah, is the thing people don't understand. He's very good defensively. Yeah, just strikes out every time. He strikes out all the time. Like almost to the point where I DH for him instead of your pitcher. <laughs> Start letting your pitchers hit. DH for Chris Davis. Uh, some of those pitchers might be better hitters. I don't yeah. know. Oh, my gosh. But that's going to do it for this section of the mashup. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're, uh, well, I'm going to talk uh, some Overwatch. We'll be right back right after this here on the mashup. Jake and Colby still here. I'm gonna talk some Overwatch, and I might I might get your opinion on some of this, just just based on because they are adding a new hero. I saw I saw the video of the new hero. Okay, did you actually watch it all the way I through? I watched the full video. Uh, what is, a little bit of research there. For good, you're you're learning. <laughs> you're, I tried because I saw you comment on it, and I was like, this might be useful information to yeah. have. So what? So uh, what do you think? Uh, he, uh, I, I think he looks cool. He reminds me of a he reminds me of a certain character from a game you do play. And which game would that be? Apex. I was thinking the same thing. He, he does. See, yes. He does very much remind me of Lifeline. Like yes. I, I thought. He, I mean, where where is like where is Lifeline from? Jamaica. He's from Haiti. They tried. It's very close. They uh he it like it feels like he may have been in development for a while but the timing also feels kind of weird that yeah. a that a caribbean combat medic got added into overwatch yeah oh uh, i mean it's not exactly the same he had that what his ultimate or whatever i don't really understand what that was all about but it seemed oh, wild the, oh the uh the amplification matrix yes what is that all about um it boosts it boosts the effective, not the damage the effectiveness of any friendly projectile fired through it oh goodness so if if you have a like a projectile based healer, like an Ana, mm-hmm. and she shoots through it, it's it like, will it will heal a friendly. It'll heal a friendly hero more damage. Oh, okay, that's so, pretty cool. So, and his his abilities are nuts. His um, his immortality field. Yeah, I saw that. That thing is insane. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't completely stop you from taking damage but you no hero within the no friendly character within the area of it will drop below 20 percent health wow that's that's pretty strong that's a pretty <laughs> and he's a combat medic so his gun is a his gun does regular damage three round burst so he seems like he's a pretty powerful dude and it's alt fire is a grenade launcher that heals people yeah i saw that and he his other ability his two cooldowns are an like an AOE heal pulse, and it's not like Lucio Zora. If you're near him when it triggers, you can move away from him and it'll keep going. Wow. And the uh, the grenade launcher doesn't affect him, but his little like uh, essentially Finca from Rainbow Six Siege surge incoming. Like yeah, it'll heal him too. But the the grenade launcher doesn't. And then the. Uh, that's one of his cooldowns, and his other cooldown 
is a thing that keeps you from dropping below 20% health and his ultimate boosts all your damage. I don't know what this guy is going to do to the meta because the last time they added a healer, it kind of threw the game completely out of balance. I can see a character like this doing that because he seems pretty powerful. Well, it made it made what's called Goat's Comp. Maybe, like, I wouldn't have a problem with Goat's Comp if if there was a paper and a scissors. Yeah, that if there was one that could 100% because, beat that one. Because Goat's is the rock. And the rock is, even though games like this should have kind of a rock, paper, scissors balance, rock is just the most viable option. Yes. And it, it broke the balance of the game. Because why would you... If you have th- if you can field three characters with health pools in the several hundreds, like like Reinhardt's, I think Reinhardt's max health is eight hundred. Mm-hmm. He has the most health of any character in the game, and his shield has two thousand. Wow. Most of the av- the average DPS hero is somewhere between one hundred and fifty and two hundred and fifty. So why would you if why would you run them when running guys with massive health pools and three healers is so ridiculously viable? Because and they're alts, you can knock people down and then make them all clump together and then drop a literal bomb on them. And your support alts, you can you can stop all damage from happening to your team in a very wide area. You can constantly heal people while also boosting your own speed. Or you can add about 500 extra hit points on top of everybody's max. Yeah, it seems like... You can heal everybody up to max and then add 500 extra for a for a brief period of time. That is Lucio's ult. Yeah, it seems like there'd be no reason not to go with that strategy. So either this guy is going to make that a million times worse, or he's going to kill it. Because... The one way I could see this working is if you were to go back to a standard 2-2-2 comp. Two DPSs, two healers, and two tanks. Mm-hmm. Like, standard comp. And run... Actually, you could all... I would, I would love to see him run in a quad DPS. Just ridiculously aggressive. Four DPSs, him, and a ridiculously offensive tank. And just have... And have him be the only healer, because he's a very effective healer... His alt fire is is going to heal because most of the time in competitive play you're sticking together anyway. Yep. And he and his other heal lets you spread out. So I could see this and then just drop his alt right in front of a team that's running goats because for goats to work you have to clump together and like like have your three tanks like standing a few feet from each other and the support standing directly behind them. Like there is no room for spreading out in goats comp. So just drop his ult right in front of them and have Ash McCree, Hanzo Widowmaker, wrecking ball and him just start to shoot through his shoot through his amplification matrix and light everybody up. That would, Oh man, if that, if that boosts, okay. I, I need to start playing Overwatch on PC so I can actually access the the test servers. <laughs> because I can't access the test servers on console, so I haven't gotten a chance to play with this guy yet, and I just thought of a really, really awful idea. Start throwing Ash's dynamite through the amplification matrix. Oh, my. And if it actually makes her dynamite better, her dynamite's already nasty. Yeah, so, I mean, like you said, if, if these things are able to 
that could get rid of that. I would hope so. And, but it also it also could make it worse because that that immortality field. Yeah, they use also, that with the tanks. A lot of stops a lot of the traditional counters to goats. Like one of the traditional counters to goats is Junkrat's ultimate because it's a uh, exploding tire that he controls and he can he can just drop it right in the middle of a group. Boom, everybody's dead. But if he pops that off right before a rip tire comes in, and I love that it's R.I.P. tire, because uh. Junkrat's absolutely insane. Uh, constant radiation poison poisoning will do that to you. Radiation poisoning plus the Outback Sun will uh, will do that to you. But it's a it's great for killing clumps of clumps of enemies. But if he drops that, boom, no one's dropping below twenty percent. And you, and then he can start healing people. And sure, you could have people run in and mop up what's left. And if you're running Junkrat, you probably have a couple other DPSs to actually deal with a very slow-moving team if they're running goats. But I, I hope he kills it because I can tell Blizzard's sick of it. Like the current patch is is nerfing Lucio and Zenyatta, two of the primary healers in Goats Comp. Uh, they're boosting other people's damage to kind of like they're boosting. I think they're making Junkrat better. They're they're buffing Junkrat, so it's like, okay, I'm we're all sick of this too. We're gonna try to fix it, and I hope it works because I'm sick of watching goats, and I'm a probably about to start playing on PC. I don't want to play it. Yeah, because I am a DPS main. I don't want to play Zarya. I don't like her. I haven't liked her since the game launched. I don't want to play her. Like, I mean, I, I can play Lucio, so I could play... I can play Lucio and I can play Reinhardt. So I could play in Goat's Comp. I just don't like it. I think it's really boring. It seems like it's not... If It's very paint-by-numbers playing. And that it's very paint-by-numbers. That doesn't like, seem fun. Like, when I, when I watch the Fusion now, I they do run Goat's Comp a lot, and it just looks wrong because they're one of their best DPS players, who is a, a freak on Widowmaker. Like, I don't know how he has these kind of reflexes. He can grappling hook up, get like a sight of a pixel and pop off and get a one shot. It's like, how, 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 uh, you had like maybe, maybe eight, eight tenths of a second to react to that. Okay. That was really cool. He's stuck playing. He's stuck playing a tank. Who's just constantly putting shields around people instead of actually attacking things. And it's kind of getting on my nerves to watch. So when he switches, like, I saw him play McCree one time, and I was like, oh, my God, he's playing DPS again. Yay. So hopefully hopefully this guy kills goats, because I am so sick of it. And it just looks wrong watching the Fusion play it. It looks absolutely wrong watching the Fusion play that stupid comp. And the worst part is, goats is named after a team. They were the goats. Like, that, it was, it was a strategy they ran. Mm-hmm. And that team, like, they ran it and they beat everybody with it and then everyone started copying it and just destroyed them. So the team doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> like the team who created this comp imploded because they weren't actually all that good. Just no one knew how to counter this comp right away. So everyone everyone just copied it and then started beating on them and they disbanded. Oh man. That's what you get. That's what you get for destroying the competitive balance of the game. But that's all the time we got for Overwatch because uh, Dylan couldn't make it today because he is not feeling well. Um, hopefully he'll be back soon. But 
we'll get to take another quick break and we'll be right back to discuss some college basketball right after this here on the mashup Up. Like I said at the beginning of the show, welcome to March. It is finally here. And the first weekend of March, it's not even the first weekend of the tournament. Nope. The first weekend of March absolutely delivered. Absolutely. College basketball always does. College basketball always delivers, but for whatever reason, when the calendar flips to March, the games suddenly get that much more insane. Yeah. Because they mean more. You had... You had Indiana picking up the season sweep over Michigan State yep. and getting the win on home floor with Gus Johnson on the call, which makes it that much better. He's fantastic. Like, <laughs> I I, I actually believe in, like, the Gus effect. <laughs> Games get more interesting when Gus Johnson is on the call. That's like, fair. Like, if Gus Johnson wasn't calling that game, Michigan State probably would have won by 15. Probably, yeah. Like, that is just, I, you will never not convince me that is true. Like, because even though they've done it already this season and Indiana is a pretty good team, really when you get down and you think about it, Indiana has no business beating Michigan State. No, they don't. And, like, they had the Assembly Hall crowd because this, this was their home game. And you had Gus Johnson on the call, and that means, uh, well, you win on a missed buzzer beater. Because Michigan State did have last possession, but they yeah. they won on a missed buzzer beater, and really kept their tournament hopes alive. Like that's a you get the season sweep over the best team in your conference. That's a big resume builder. Yeah, they get a, if they get a couple wins in the Big Ten tournament. If they win like a game or two in the Big Ten tournament, I wouldn't be surprised to see them pick like maybe somewhere between an eight and a ten seed. Yeah, like I could see them landing somewhere in there between eight and ten. Maybe seven, if they depending on how far they get in the Big Ten tournament, and if they win the thing, that'll probably bump them up to like a, a five or a six. Yeah, I mean, I don't see them winning. It, I don't but... see the Big, the Big Ten's way too good this year. I don't see them winning it. Yeah, but if they, I mean, you never know, especially with the Big Ten. But that that was a great game. Uh, did you see Nevada Utah State? No, I did not see that. Oh my gosh, this game. Uh, Nevada was on the road. They were at Utah State, mm-hmm. and the refs absolutely ruined this game. That's that's a reoccurring theme for college basketball. The sometimes. refs destroyed this game. There were some terrible calls. That like the one of them was like a prime example of why the charge rule is terrible. Yeah, guys slid under a few seconds late. Well, guy from Nevada was trying to dunk, and he got the charge call. It's like. No, that's that's blocking. That should yeah. be and the guy finished the dunk and they punished him for dunking clean over a guy. Yeah, that's what a charge is supposed to be if you run over somebody. Yeah, not if someone's already in the air and you choose to get in front of them. That's blocking. That's you. That's blocking. That's yeah, that's that's a char- that's not a char- uh, yeah. It looked uh, I know you'll know this. It looked very similar to uh fouls that got called on a certain player we both know who wears number 31. Yeah. <sighs> it it looked very similar to that. It yeah. lo- it looked very similar to stuff that was called charging on him cuz the, the guy was actually about the same size too. 
And but then on top of that, you had something even more insane after the game. You had all the players from Nevada and the coaches. Uh, the students obviously stormed the court because it was an unranked team beating a top ten team, mm-hmm. and they couldn't they couldn't easily get back to the visitors' locker room. Okay, so they had to go up the other tunnel and go past the Utah State locker room. Okay, and let's just say um, playing this video on the air would not just get me in trouble with Liberty. He, oh, he... It would get me in trouble with the FCC. Okay. So much terrible language coming from players and coaches screaming at the at the Utah State coaching staff. Um, apparently, apparently going down the handshake line. Uh, one of the assistant coaches repeated was cursing at every player <laughs> in the Nevada in the Nevada lineup. And the coach was furious. He said, uh, "That's your expletive, assistant coach." Like, no, yeah, he, that's he was. That's pretty bush league for an assistant coach to do. If that's he would, true. If that actually happened, like, I would, I would not, exp- I would not be surprised to see fines from the Mountain West coming down yeah. hard on Utah State after after that. Yeah, and I also saw was it the Ole Miss game where they were throwing things onto the court? Yeah. The, because of a missed call, which bad call. Yeah, terrible agree call. with that to lose it, literally just to lose them a game. Yeah, against a highly ranked team. So. Yeah, there are so many. I mean, I've seen it happen. I still don't like it. I've seen it happen at Vines. Oh yeah, but I mean, Big South refs. Yeah, and apparently the A Sun ones are no better. A so. Sun <laughs> refs are worse, which is saying a lot. Yeah, like I saw someone tweet this week. I actually miss Big South refs, and it's yeah. like. Did you ever think a Liberty fan would say those words? No, like absolutely not. That was like, oh, or at least we don't have the big Big South refs anymore. And then we started playing A Sun games, and it's just like these guys are even worse. Yeah, I don't know how they somehow are even less aware of what a charge actually is. Like I have, I have yelled myself hoarse at so many A Sun refs this year because they've all been so the, terrible. The thing that um, makes them so bad to me is they are big fans of makeup calls. Yes. And it's makeup calls and pity whistles. Yeah, it's just like, like they are. I thought Big South refs were bad with pity. They whistles. don't want a game to get out of control. So once the team starts going up, they're like whistle foul. Yeah, whistle, pity whistles. Foul. Like they it's are. Like, and here's the other thing about the A Sun. A Sun commentators. Yeah, they're awful. You guys are terrible. You are aggressive homers. Like, like homer tastic, homerdom. Like it's. It's awful. Like Jim Hunter is is telling you to to dial it back. <laughs> I've never. The thing is, I've never seen a group of people get so many names wrong. Before. Yes, it's so easy to get names correct broadcasting it's game. Like, it's like, and I I assume the SIDs of Liberty are good enough to give opposing broadcasters and, pronunciation. And even guides. if they're not, your job is to go ask you, if. Your job is – it is not the SID's job to give it to you. It is a courtesy of the SID's to give it to you. And then if you see a name on there you don't know how to pronounce, you say you ask. You say, how do you say this one? You write it down. How it's do you like, say this one? You write it, it down. It's, I've done it for Division Three club hockey. Yeah, exactly. You should be able to do it for NC, for an NCAA basket, Division One basketball game that is going to be broadcast on, on ESPN. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, there's no, there's, there's it, no reason. It takes two minutes. 
hey, coach, can I just check pronunciations and you with get, you? They get here so early. They're here hours and hours before the game. You yeah. can't get names. You don't even have to ask Richie McKay. You no. can ask Brad Susie or one of the assistants. You can ask a fan. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's really we, not hard. We will tell you. It's like, hey, guys, how do you pronounce your players' names? It's, it's like, okay, that's Cabell. You can you can ask so many people how to pronounce well, a name. NGIT, it was even worse because it was clear they did no prep. Uh, Caleb Hemsley, the lefty. That I have watched Caleb Hemsley play a lot of basketball. He, he has many things. Left-handed is not one of them. And also... It's H O. Yeah. How is that Hemsley? <laughs> yeah, Hems. Yeah. They're H O L. <laughs> they dropped the first L. Oh, oh my god. It is the stressed syllable in the first part of his name. Helmsley. Like, it wasn't even Helmsley. I know. It, it was Hemsley. Oh my god. They dropped the first L entirely. Uh, Myo Baxter Ball. Oh man. The, the NGAT guys actually got Cabell's name right. They just got everyone else's name wrong. How do you get my? His last name is Bell. Myo Baxter ba- Bell. Baxter Bell. It's B E L L. Baxter Baxter Ball. How do you mispronounce Bell? Uh, Baxter Ball, um, Gims instead of Gums. Oh come on! It's just it's five letters. G U M B S. It's such a rookie mistake, and I feel like every Liberty game it happens. Yeah, and, and they're not hard names to pronounce. They're no. really not. The and the NJIT guys were homers yeah no you get that a lot and like like uh who was it i think it i think it was either stetson or jacksonville it was one of the two florida teams that wear green i think it was stetson's radio guy oh man this guy i was standing right behind him for that game it's rough to be a homer for a team that's that bad though (laughs) yeah this every call that went liberty's way was a terrible call yeah it's like, dude, have you been watching this game? The calls that go Liberty's way are usually the only ones that are right. Yeah, it's – I don't – If when you're just broadcasting a game, first, just get the names right. Yeah. And second, try not to make it obvious that you're rooting for a specific team. Like, like Warner Warner and Nass, the, the Liberty guys. Yes. They – you can tell – they're pulling for liberty. But I mean, yeah, that's allowed. That's fine. If you're a, if you are the liberty announcers, it's okay for people to know that. But, but to just say every call is bad if it's against But they're you. not they're not like screaming every time a call goes liberty's way. They're not screaming at the top of their lungs every time a call goes liberty's way. They're not yelling at the refs every time a call doesn't go their way. They're yeah. at least somewhat objective. Mm-hmm. It's like even even Big South announcers were never this bad. No, they weren't. They weren't good. Mm-mm. And the, I mean, I'll give the ASN one thing: their video quality is better, but their announcers are just so awful. Yeah, like because Big South broadcasts, like the video used to make my head hurt. Yeah, it looked like it was being recorded on a webcam. Yeah, on someone's laptop. <clears throat> Longwood. Yes, the worst. Lo- Longwood's games. I, I couldn't even watch their baseball. No, I, it made me sick. I didn't watch when Liberty would play at Longwood. I'd be like, I can't watch this because it, it, it's it, not worth it. I'll check my I'll check the score on ESPN. <laughs> I would I would use the radio. I would use the radio feed. That'd be better. Yeah, I would I would use the radio feed because it the the radio guys for Liberty are good enough at painting the picture. Yeah, but moving on the uh, one of the other big upsets this week. It didn't happen in March, but it did happen this week. Virginia Tech beat Duke. I saw it coming, honestly. You saw it coming? Because they've lost the Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech the last couple years. That's true. 
but Virginia Tech without Justin Robinson though, like yeah, that's. But I mean, Duke without Zion doesn't look like the same Duke. They don't look like they the same Duke. They really don't. But you still have two top five projected yeah, picks, and you're starting five. How do you? Their offense was going through him so much that it just seems like they they're. Their rotation hasn't caught up with him not yeah. being there. That's the thing, and I think that's what helped Virginia Tech is that they've been without Robinson for a month now. Yeah, and their two their two shooters have been off. So they're, the two white boy shooters for yeah. Duke they've been off. Yeah, but at this point now, Virginia Tech is used to playing without him. Yeah, that's what. I'm, yeah, they've had they know what their rotation is without him, and they've gone out there and they've played yeah, with like, it for um, weeks now. And they've and they've kind of flipped roles a little bit. Like one of the guys who used to be one of the go-to shooters is now facilitating the offense for Virginia Tech, and he's really good at it. Yeah, I mean, it's you got to learn, and that's what I Duke, think. It's, I think it's Blackshear. Duke, yeah, it is Blackshear. Yeah, and Blackshear Duke, used to be like the go-to shooter, but now he's facilitating yeah, without Robinson because well, he struggled shooting, and he's found something that yeah he can still do if he's not shooting well. But with Duke. Um, like I said, those two, the two, I don't know what their name, the two white boys uh, that haven't been shooting. Jack White's one of them. One of the, yeah, I think he's the one that it was like he was O for 20, his last 24 or something like 28. that. 28. It was something awful. And then, um, like, against North Carolina, they, they were combined O for like 14. Yeah, they three. were terrible against it's UNC. Like, those well, are just certain shots. Everyone that, was everyone was chucking bricks in the North Carolina yeah, game. Like the, that was disgusting. Those are just shots that change momentum so much. If you have a wide open corner three from someone that you think is a good shooter, yeah, and that's just such a big swing if it doesn't go in, and they haven't been falling for them. So I mean, we said a few weeks ago that even before Zion got hurt, that we weren't sure if yeah. Duke was going to win it. And that's, then, that's the thing. That's very true. Yeah, and then. Once this Zion- makes this makes me even more positive that I think even if Zion comes back, they're not going to win it. The Duke gets bounced in like the second round they're- because they don't they don't have it. You know what I'm yeah, saying? They, they might- just don't. I think on pure talent alone, they could get into the second weekend. Yeah, I do too. I mean, on pure talent alone, they should make With- it to the Final Four of yeah. the championship. Yeah. But the thing is, that's not how college basketball works. That's never how college basketball has worked. No, watch watch any mar- watch any NCAA tournament ever, especially in the last couple of years. Yeah. So- like I was like before the show started, I was uh, watching old one shining moment videos. Yeah. And I, there were games I, I didn't even remember because they got overshadowed by later games in the tournament. Like. Like Middle Tennessee beating Michigan State, yeah, a couple years ago. Like that game got so overshadowed. No, yeah, you're right. Because that was like that. 2015 had a great early round. It didn't have a good late round because it was just Duke winning again. Yeah, but like for the most part, since 2013, we've had really good tournaments every year. Like 2013 was amazing, and I think we're in for another really good one because yeah, 2013 was amazing. 2014 was was really good because you had UConn ruining the winning the perfect season. Yeah. 2015 was eh because you had Duke winning and it's just eh, Duke. 2016 is the best tournament I've ever seen. 2016 was really good. 2017 was solid. You, you had kind of a, a boring championship game in, in UNC Gonzaga. The, the championship yes. game was a bit of a slog. It was. And then 2018 you had another really, really good tournament. Mm-hmm. Not as good as I wouldn't say it was as good because the uh, the national championship game was such a blowout. Oh, well, the 2016 national championship game, yeah, makes that one easily the better one. Yeah, like, just based on, I think the overall tournament, like, the early rounds were better because you had the first 16 beating a one last year. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you're going to see that again this year. I think the four ones are going to be too good this year. Oh, no, yeah, I don't. you don't see that for another 50 years, I don't think. Yeah, it... It took almost eighty for it to happen to the first time, for the first time. I don't think it'll take that long to happen again, 
but it will be it'll be a while yeah, before that happens. But again. I think this tournament is going to be just as good because coming into the season, the only team that you had that was you people thought that this team is far better was Duke. Yeah, and we've seen the cracks. We've seen that they're yeah, not. Like there are there they're are, not unbeatable. They there, can be beat. There are cracks in the armor, like when and they then, lost to Gonzaga. And then the teams down the list right there, none of them are like, oh, they're definitely winning it. You oh, have our world beaters. Yeah, you have Gonzaga who plays nobody really, so yeah. we don't know. Yeah, once once December, they played ends, a tough game against St. Mary's yesterday. If, woo, St. Mary's. How much yeah, did that's they what win I'm by? Saying. How, a, a tough game. How much did they win by? 15? Um, I turned it off, um, but there was a point in the second half when it was a two-point game. Like mid-second half. They ended, But that was also a rivalry. Yeah, they, so I'm saying... They ended up winning that game by 14. Yeah, so I'm saying that's, that's the close... We don't know how they play in close games, really. And we don't know how... They play against a fully talented. They beat Duke earlier in this year, but it's been a long time, so we don't know about that was, them. That was in November. That was right after Thanksgiving. Virginia, you have to worry about if their offense can click throughout the whole thing because their yeah. defense is there, but it's if they can score enough points. Yeah, their their offense is good though. Yeah, Tennessee has struggled. Tennessee has struggled. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky is Kentucky. Yeah, I Ken- I don't I don't trust them beyond the. Kentucky 60. is never a team that you want to put. All your eggs in one basket on no, unless so. because even when they had even when Devin Booker was their sixth man, yeah, they couldn't get the job done. That's the thing that that's never been what they do. Yeah, so I mean, this year it's wide open. Yeah, it's what I would. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Nova won it again. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan won. Michigan's nine right now. Yeah, if because I think I think Nova's been on a on a nice little tear recently. As far as winning, winning important games, I mean they're they're second in the Big East. They're they're not currently ranked, but I mean they've done enough. They've more than done enough to make the tournament. They their last uh, just a couple earlier this week they did in fact beat Marquette. Yeah. On Wednesday they beat Marquette. And Marquette's losing to Creighton right now. So the the Big East is kind of a mess this year, but like Villanova has done more than enough to solidify a tournament spot. They were ranked for most of the season. And then another team that could win it all is um, North Carolina, obviously. <laughs> yeah, North Carolina could win the whole thing. Like, so I mean, there's so many teams right now that could. Yeah, so I, it's, it's going to be good. I like Maryland could make a run. I don't see them yeah, winning the I whole mean, thing because they've gotten hot at the right time. They're only down four right now at halftime to Michigan. Yeah, so. well, Mellow Trimble is in the building, so oh. they're, they're... <laughs> game winner is going to uh, buzzer beater is going to happen. Yeah, well, uh, I saw on Twitter, uh, J- Maryland won the opening tip, and as Mellow was walking to his seat, like he walked into the the actual arena area of Comcast or Xfinity Center, and Jalen Smith hit a three. Yep. It's like Mellow Trimble has entered the building, and now his his mojo has spread to <laughs> to the rest of the team. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if like Jalen Smith or Anthony Cowan hit some ridiculous three pointer to get the win at the end of the game. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. Because the man who made a career out of that at Maryland is now in the building. <laughs> but yeah, this is this is gonna be a this is gonna be a good tournament, and we're gonna be doing the show right before. Select the Selection Sunday show goes live. Which show is Selection Sunday? Uh, it, Selection Sunday is two weeks from today. It's okay. Th- it is the 17th. I actually probably won't be here. Okay, then we probably just won't do a show that day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I might be um, coming back from spring break then. Okay, then we probably just won't do a show on the 17th. And you'll just get my live reaction on Twitter to the, uh, the <laughs> tournament bracket. Uh, but... 
All right, let's... Okay, here's another one. Pick your four one seeds right now. Oh, we did this earlier. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. but that was that was like back in that was like back in November. Gonzaga. Or, okay. Virginia. Okay. Oh, uh, man. I'm still gonna give Duke a one seed. Duke. Yeah, they, I think they've done enough to earn it. And the fourth one is a struggle for me. I'm I'm trying to figure out whether I want to put Kentucky there. Um, man, give, give them the one seed. That'll make them cocky, and they'll lose in the second round. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's fair. I don't have a problem with that. Um, yeah, if, if Kentucky goes on to win the SEC tournament, then yeah, I would put Kentucky at the one. I'll I'll mix it up a little bit. Gonzaga, Virginia, UNC, Kentucky. Yeah, that's the thing. It whoever wins the ACC, I think the ACC championship is going to be between those two. Yeah, and whichever one of those wins. Yeah, I would give it to them. Virginia's yeah. already done enough to lock up a one. Yeah. Vir- Virginia's already done enough to lock up a yeah, one of fair. their own. I don't, one of them might not even make the ACC championship. You're right, because of Virginia. Yeah, Virginia could... If Virginia knocks one of the two of them out... Yeah. Then then they then they lock up the one. They, they lock up the only one from the ACC at that point. Or no, I think, I think Carolina's probably done enough to get one. Duke would have to win the ACC tournament to move back up to the one line. There, I mean, there are two. It's not like they're dropping all the way down to five. Duke is still absolutely a two seed. Right now, I, right now, I mean, I could still see them winning the ACC tournament. Oh, I could I see, I could see them winning the thing. Because if Virginia doesn't win the ACC tournament, I still think they're a one. Yeah. But if Duke might need to win it to be a one, so they might. I don't know. Virginia's not really a team that takes something lightly. But no, especially not after last year. Is that, are they projecting Zion to come back anytime? Uh, he's still day to day, as far as I know. Yeah, but I, people, are, he said he's going to play, but I don't know. Yeah, you don't know how how good he's going to be, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, this is this is shaping up to be a, a fun fun tournament time. Yeah, uh, I agree, hundred percent. It's going to be good. It's going to be a good time. But that's going to do it for this section of the mashup. When we come back, we're going to switch it up a little bit. Talk some WWE. We'll be right back right after this. talk some wwe now this week what an amazing week in wwe this was the best raw and smackdown back-to-back we've had in such a long time probably about a year i think since the raw and smackdown after wrestlemania yeah so almost a year yep pretty much which those shouldn't even really count because those are almost like pay-per-views yeah they're they're shorter pay-per-views in their own right that are just on cable that's just those are like fan service essentially. They're yeah. Just like here's a bunch of people that are going to now be on the roster. Here's someone winning a championship after that they didn't win at WrestleMania. Stuff like that. Yeah. But maybe it wasn't even a written line. I don't think. I think they just let him talk. Maybe the best line spoken on WWE TV all year. I'm in remission, y'all. Yeah. Like, Roman. Yeah. I don't think that. I don't think that entire promo was scripted. No. They just let him talk. No, that was just him talking. Like, uh, I think that was Joe Anawaii. That wasn't even Roman Reigns. Yeah, 100%. But, 
but I am I am very glad he's back. I wasn't I really wasn't expecting it. We talked last week how there was a announcement. We didn't know what it was gonna be. I thought it was I thought it was gonna be positive. I didn't know it was gonna be that positive. Yeah, I didn't think so either. But I'm hundred percent happy for it. Yeah, I'm glad he's back. Like Raw has been Raw has definitely been missing something. And since I just want to say back. anybody that is stupid enough to say it's a work and it's a storyline, please shut up. Yeah, just stop. Like the American Cancer Society literally tweeted an entire thread about Roman Reigns, essentially calling everybody that says that stupid. Yeah. It was like, you don't always lose hair when you do chemo. You don't always lose weight. It depends what kind of cancer you have. So yeah. please don't make yourself so and I stupid. Mean, that's not, that's kind of dumb because it looked like he had lost some weight. Like, yeah, I, I thought the same thing. People were saying that. He looks, I mean, he doesn't look like, I'm not going to say like weak. He still looks like he could yeah. beat anybody up, but he doesn't look as Bill, as he did before, no, he looks like, like he lost a little muscle. He he, his arms are not as huge. Like he yeah. he has lost a not insignificant amount of muscle mass. Like he yeah. looks like he lost weight. And he even said um, he's not a hundred percent sure when he'll be back yet. Like yeah. fully, they're projecting him to have a match at Fastlane. He probably will, but it'll probably be a, from what I saw, might be a tag match, and he might just get the tag at the end where he does yeah. a spear. And he a might just he punch. might just get the hot tag, like, do the spear. Essentially, what he did on Raw, which once again that was so good. I, yeah, it, that was great. I was like, yes, and and really throw in NXT this week too. Yeah, because because you have DIY reuniting. Mm-hmm. The the Dusty Classic this year is absolutely stacked. It really is. DIY versus Undisputed Era is a first round match. That seems that seems crazy. That's a championship match. Yeah, that on is, like the main roster. That is that is that is <laughs> that could main event a pay per view. Yes, that could main event a main roster pay per view, and I would not be that disappointed. Can, that has essentially. Well, I mean, it hasn't, but matches like that have main event in many a takeover. Yeah. So yeah, like that. Because DIY, as a team, has main-evented takeovers before. Oh, yeah. Almost a lot of them. <laughs> a lot of the takeovers have been main-evented by yeah. DIY. Well, at, like as DIY, not yeah. just as Johnny Gargano oh, yeah. against well, Tommaso Ciampa. A member of DIY has been in the main event of uh, um, most takeovers. Yes. <laughs> the only one they didn't main-event in – the, the two a member of DIY did not main-event in 2018 was War Games. Was that is that true? Yeah! Wow, that's actually really impressive. Because Johnny main evented Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them main evented New Orleans, Chicago. Did Champa and not Champa? Sorry, did um, Almas and Black not main event one? No, I thought they main evented. One. They were because they went before they went Johnny be- and Tom- yeah. because think about what the two of them did to the ring in that match. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Man, you're right. So a member of DIY main evented four out of the five takeovers in 2018. Yeah. And a member of DIY also main evented the first takeover of 2019. And now they could very realistically lose in the first round of the Dusty Road Classic. <laughs> they could very well lose. I-, I think, no, I think they're going to win. No, I think they will too. I'm saying it, it's, it wouldn't be surprising if they lost. I think they're going to win the whole thing. I think it's going to be them versus Mustache Mountain in the final. Oh. That'd be so good. That'd be a killer match. That's, so that's another good. that's another takeover worthy match. And it's gonna be on NXT TV. Mm. And then and They don't then, do the championship for that on Takeover. Mm-mm. The only reason it was last year was because the finals ended in a double DQ. Yeah, you're right. Because Undisputed Era interfered. Because yeah, they thought right. they thought by ending the match in a DQ they would they would get out of defending. Like 
ending the match in a DQ combined with the injury to Bobby Fish would get them out of defending the tag titles at TakeOver. And uh, William Regal just made Adam Cole do it. Yeah, he was just like, no. And he barely did anything in that match, which I absolutely understand. The dude had just gone through a war, and then two matches later, he has to... He did next to nothing in that match. Like, he got thrown outside the ring, and then you didn't see him for the rest of the match. Yeah. But that... But that's, like... DIY versus Mustache Mountain is probably going to be the final. Another takeover-worthy tag team match. And I think... I think DIY is going to win. And I think they're going to... Because there is another takeover Chicago this year. Yep. It's not Money in the Bank weekend. It's at the end of the year. It's it's uh, Survivor Series weekend. Survivor Series is in Chicago. It's going to be takeover, takeover... Takeover of Survivor Series weekend is Takeover Chicago 3. Mm-hmm. So they might not do War Games. They might not... Because right now it's called Takeover Chicago 3, not War Games 3. Yeah. So they might they might not do war games this year, which would which would be nice. Get a take a year break from war games and then bring it back. Yeah, you don't want to like do what they've done with Hell in a Cell to make it yeah. mean less. So yeah, because the war games match was still really good last year. Yeah, you don't need a war games match unless there's a storyline that and requires right, one. And right now there really isn't one. No, a lot of the a lot of the tag team storylines are predicated on single storylines. Yeah, so you don't really need a war games match because a lot of times in war games matches you end up with alliance of with alliances of convenience. Yes. At least on the face side. Like the past two years, you've had alliances of convenience. Like you had Roger Strong teaming up with Authors of Pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricochet. Like Ricochet and Pete Dunn were still feuding yeah, going but into it was that just match. Like the enemy it's, of my enemy is it's my like, friend. Yeah. Like we both hate Undisputed Era. So we're going to work together on this. But they like still looked at each other after that match was over. Mm hmm. So I don't think you need a war games this year, especially if a because it would be so perfect to have a heel DIY lose the tag titles at Chicago again. Yeah, the only thing is I don't know how um safe it is to book them on NXT because of what because they're yeah. technically on the main roster right now. Well, no, I what I think with with something else that happened on NXT TV this week, I think like we're going to an in-house territory system. Okay. Because two people showed up on NXT TV this week. Bailey, yeah, and Sasha Banks. Yeah, well they they when they won it, they said they were going to defend that on SmackDown, on Raw, on NXT or whoever wants to defend yeah, it. Yeah, they they said it again on NXT. So yeah, and 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 they said they would defend it on NXT UK too. Yeah, I mean, and which, then a bunch of SmackDown me, people were saying you haven't come here yet, so that doesn't make sense. <laughs> which which makes me think, well, no, this is why I think they did it because I think they're going to defend them at Takeover. That'd be great. That'd be fantastic. Takeover for Mania. Yeah, I'll be there. Takeover New York. I'll be there. The building where the two of them had their best that, match that ever. Makes probably one of the best women's matches ever. Yeah, maybe one of the best women's matches in the history of the business, not mm-hmm. just WWE. Yeah. And I think I know who they're going to defend them against. Who do you have? Kyrie Sane and Neo Shirai. Wow. That'd be fun. The only thing is, there's, Barclays, no, there's no heel in this situation. You don't need one. Yeah, that's fair. You don't need one. You can have... You I can, usually um, agree with that anyway. You don't need to face in the heel. Sometimes good wrestling is just good wrestling. Especially Mania Weekend. You don't... Other, other times I would prefer to have one, but... 
with this, you could still do the story. You could still have the story of, like, you could do the story of, we built this, and it's like, like this is our house. Like, you could, because Kyrie Sane and Neo Shirai are both... Only jet. problem I have with this is, I don't know if Vince is okay with not having their title defense be at Mania, because it's the, it'll be the first time. I, I think Triple H is going to stop it from happening. I just... Because I... Well, no, they're going to defend it at Fastlane. Yeah, but I just think the first year they've had it, I don't. I feel like there's they're going to defend it at Mania. But I think Vince also realizes how much. I think Vince realizes how much people actually like Takeover. No, he. The thing is, I think he knows that, but I think he also thinks they would like it no matter what. In but that's also going to get shoved so far down the card at Mania. No, I'm not saying that's. I'm not saying it's smart to do that. I'm just saying it's Vince. If they, if Vince actually did the right thing, because. I think Vince is actually learning because there's two stories now of him coming in and screwing a fan favorite. And a lot of people believe, um, yeah, if we're going to Raw and SmackDown now, a lot of people believe it's um, setting up for almost a power struggle type storyline where Shane, Triple H, and Stephanie are like, you know what? You've gone too far. We run it now. And if that gets him out the door to go to XFL, perfect. Yeah. Oh, oh my god because on raw he undermined stephanie with the whole bet he's been undermining stephanie and vince with the whole becky thing and all that stuff yeah. and then um he undermined shane on SmackDown. yeah and then shane it, it was stephanie as well and he normally doesn't undermine stephanie yeah and yeah it was stephanie was just as happy for kofi as shane was yeah and then um that was perfect that was the best heel Vince I've seen in so long. Maybe since the late '90s. Yes, it was so good because every that's that was other than Roman, obviously top. But my second favorite thing was when Vince came out and was like, "You know what, Kofi, you don't deserve it. I'm sorry." And he was like, "Someone, someone that hasn't been here in weeks and months. Sorry, months. Yeah, hasn't wrestled in like six months. He's like, this guy deserves it more than you. Yeah. And it's like that's in the look on Kofi's, the way Xavier and Big E acted. Oh yeah, the way Kofi, they sold that. Kofi was just like dumbfounded. He was just like, of, he was like, of course this happened. Like he couldn't even say anything. Yeah. He just looked so depressed. He tweeted two days later and was like, I just need to time. Like he's like, I'm sorry, I haven't said anything. I just need a time to like." think about what happened yeah it's it's perfect he's because he's getting that match at wrestlemania yeah. i don't care if it's triple threat with kevin owens that even makes it more entertaining oh, yeah me. throw throw kevin owens in there in a triple threat because that's how daniel bryan won it yeah in a triple threat oh and yeah that'd be a perfect call i'm saying and then kofi takes it from daniel bryan in a triple threat it'd be perfect by pinning kevin owens it would be perfect yeah oh if if he take if he takes it from daniel bryan by pinning kevin owens That'd be great, and then and then you can still have that feud with him in the new day, and then Brian and the um and Harper and Rowan his or whatever. Eco terror after Mania because yeah. he didn't pin Brian, he pinned Owens. Yeah, and you can and, just roll with that and have him have him burn, like have him just straight up burn Daniel Bryan's belt. Yeah, and bring back the old belt, bring back the leather, or bring back a new one. He could bring back a new day belt. I don't know how the thing is. If Kofi, I love the New Day. If Kofi wins, I want it to kind of be serious. He, they can have all the fun New Day stuff that they do, but I don't know if you bring out like a, a new day. pancake belt or no, something No, not a like pancake that. belt, just a new design. Yeah, no, I agree with because that. Because I think with with some of the stuff like with uh, with what Ronda said to Stephanie, like I hate, I hate the way this thing looks. Like I think they're going to start phasing out the current title design. Yeah, well, it's like the red for Raw. 
yeah. the blue for SmackDown. It's like okay, we get it. Or they're gonna they're gonna start they're gonna start making them look more like the women's tag titles, which are amazing. Which look very New Japan, actually. They they, they really do, and it's it looks cool. The, they it's look, up there with the United Kingdom, or sorry, the United Kingdom belt and yeah. the North American belt as the, some of the best ones. The North American belt is the the top notch. The North American belt is my favorite belt in the entire world of all time, probably yeah. of like, any wrestling belt. It's my favorite. Belt. Like the North American, uh, New Japan's U.S. title. They don't actually care that much about it, but it looks cool. Mm-hmm. Like New Japan's U.S. title is yeah. really, really cool. Looking. I've always been a fan of the white strap Intercontinental Champion. Yes, that's a good one. Uh, the women's tag titles, the the UK title, the women's UK title, because mm-hmm. it's literally the same thing, just smaller, mm-hmm. with a white strap. The uh, women's NXT one looks pretty good. Yeah. The old women's NXT one, the one with like that looked a little different with the pink diamonds. Yeah. Like I actually really like that one because it it wasn't as too ob- girly. It wasn't as obnoxious as the Divas Championship. Uh, yeah. But it still looked feminine. Yeah. But then um yeah, but everything Vince has done has been fantastic. Yeah, like like you, you put on the rundown, they finally learned how to tell a good story. Yeah, Vince remembered how to tell a good story. It's so true. What and, he's doing and people are like there's some people that are like the Kofi story is too much like the Becky story or whatever. These are two different TV shows. Yeah. So that's okay. Yeah. One's on Raw, one's on SmackDown. That that's okay to do that. And they're not exactly the same. As long as Kofi doesn't come in every week and start getting arrested and hitting people with kendo well, sticks because Kofi wasn't suspended yeah, you can tell the story different it can be the same story but you can tell it differently and it, I think it's part of the overarching story of Vince being an yes. out of touch old man yes and just stepping so, over Steph Shane and Triple H so they're using two stories on both shows that people actually care about are invested in and want specific people to win to tell an even bigger story that could possibly do something that people have been wanting for a very long time. It's exciting to, to fu- be a WWE fan right to now. To have Vince finally pass the torch. Yeah. Because they will never admit this, but I think they're scared. No, I mean, the thing is... Um, I think they're scared of AEW. I I don't think they're scared. I think they've, they're acknowledging that they can't just do the same old, same old. I think... I, you're, I would, because yeah, that's the, a better way to phrase it. The reason I would say that they're not scared is I just saw a tweet uh, yesterday, and it was like, people want to talk about ratings for Raw and SmackDown or whatever. Their YouTube video views, they have one of the most viewed um, YouTube accounts in the world. Yeah. Their YouTube, Roman coming back, had 6 million views in less than a week. They had, they had um, like six different videos just from Raw that had over 3 million views in a week. And it's like... Oof. I don't think they're scared. I think they're scared of AEW. That's the better way to phrase it. They're not necessarily scared of AEW, but they are... Recognizing it. They are recognizing it as a legitimate contender Which, that's fine. Which is a good thing. As they should. They They should do that. They should recognize it as a legitimate contender. They've got money, they've got people who know the business, and they've got a lot of talent. Yeah, I agree, and it's just better for everybody if they if they acknowledge that. Because as well. really, if they're both good, we all win. There's nothing wrong with having two things that are good. Yeah. There's never wrong. There's no, nothing wrong like, with that. I'm gonna like I if WrestleMania is as good as it's as it's shaping up to be this year. Okay, that's great. If Double or Nothing is as good as it's shaping up to be, they're a month apart. They're a, they're they are separated by a month and a half. Yeah, WWE is not going to lose any money from AEW, and no. AEW has the fans that they're not going to lose any money if, if WrestleMania is good. People are going to go see that either way. Like, 
if WrestleMania is good, it's not going to stop me from watching Double or Nothing. Yeah, exactly. So I think they're both. They both understand that it's. At this point, I don't even find it as a competition. It's no. we. They should both. WWE should just recognize that they can't. Vince can't do the same old, same old booking where you have a year of everyone being mad, like with Brock Lesnar being champion. You have like a whole time of uh, the year where people don't care. As you, if you book interesting storylines throughout the year, people are going to watch your stuff. Yeah. Like you can't only try between January and April. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, right now they really are trying. Yeah. They really are trying. They're doing it right, right now. Because and I love it. Like SmackDown was just so good. SmackDown's always good. I yeah. like SmackDown. It was so good. There was nothing wrong with it. No. Like, everything. R-Truth is still probably the funniest person in WWE. He is so good. Every He came out and was like, my hero, John Cena. He's like, ever since I was a little boy, you are older than John Cena by six years. <laughs> it's like, you are 47 years old. John Cena is 41 years old. You are older than him. And also, 47 years old, he's still good. Yeah. He could still wrestle. He's still really good. And, and then... I. I, he doesn't do this as much anymore, but I still love the "Our Truth Is Deadpool" theory. <laughs> that that he, not necessarily straight up Deadpool, but he is a similar character to Deadpool in that he knows he is a fictional character in a scripted show. No, he does. No, I agree with that one hundred percent. He almost breaks the fourth wall all the and, time, and that knowledge has driven him completely insane. And I love it so much because some of the his like his moment when he came out, it was at before Money in the Bank, and he was he was like. You know what, Money in the Bank, I'm going to show you guys. And Kane was like, Truth, you're not in the match. And he was like, I'm not? And he's or, like, my bad, guys, my bad. Or it's like, <laughs> it's like I want I want a shot at the U.S. title, and to do it, I'm going to go pin Carmella. That, and that whole storyline was amazing. Yeah. And then um, there was one, during the Royal Rumble, he came down with the ladder, yeah. and he climbed it, and was like, what? And then he got eliminated, it was just so good. And he does funny stuff all the time. And then I'm glad he got the win. Maybe he gets a rest. Maybe he gets a pre-show match at WrestleMania with yeah. the belt. And or you can have a triple threat with him, Ray, and Andrade. Because Ray and Andrade, man. Oh my God, those two are so man, good. Man, there is not a match where Ray Mysterio at four. Is he 41? He's like he's older than that. At maybe like he might be like 43 or 44. At his age, he get, he's better. I feel like than he used to be. Yeah. He just seems like he's getting better. The stuff he does on SmackDown is absurd. Rey Mysterio is 44. 44. And he just, like, it has some of it has to do with the sh- he's short, uh, his size or whatever. Yeah. He still see- looks like he's 30 years old, the stuff he does. It's he's, insane. Yeah. He's still, he's still crazy. And Andrade good. is money. He's I've known this since NXT, and yeah. I've said this since NXT. They've found something with him. He is yeah. money. They just have to. They just have to find a way to give him an interesting story. Yeah, and and I love Zelina Vega. Zelina Vega is a very good manager. Yeah, she she works perfectly because you don't have to speak English. You don't. If no. you have a manager that can do it, Brock might as well not speak English. Yeah, <laughs> and he's been Universal Champion for two years in a row. Yeah, so you can have Andrade. You can have Zelina, Zelina Vega is a good talker. She's not Paul Heyman, but you can have yeah. her come out and talk for him. Yeah, all you want. She's very good. Uh, she needs to stop doing interference spots because those just annoy me in general. No, yeah, that's fine. He's good. It's good enough that if you splash them in a little bit to tell a story, but if you do it every single match, it gets old. I understand. They did it a lot in NXT, and that yeah, and that the only thing that was good about them doing it in NXT was it had a good payoff. Yeah, when, that's the thing. I think that's the um, like Triple H is smart. 
He understood that that was going to annoy people. So then in that match, finally, can she got hers when Candace got got her back? So yeah, or no, at at uh, New Orleans, where her constantly yeah, interfering, where she made Andrade lose, like her constantly interfering cost the match because she tried to do like she tried to do like a frog splash onto Alistair when his back was turned, mm-hmm. and he ended up ducking, and Andrade caught her, her now husband, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, he hit, like, they were dating when that story was happening. Yeah. It's funny because on SmackDown, um, not this week, but last week, they had a match against each other. And everybody was like, she, she, and she even tweeted, or she put on her Instagram, she's like, you guys aren't funny with this, who are you rooting for thing? She's like, I'm obviously I'm rooting for Andrade. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, okay. But, like, there's a... There was because she didn't want to confirm it for the longest time, but there was yeah. A, now she posted all the time. There was a video on her Twitter of her like training, yeah. And the person she was training with was Alistair Black. It's like, oh no, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, his kicks are very stiff. But she, I mean, I think she's good in the ring. Too. She's really good in the <laughs> ring, and it it helps because she's really short. Yeah, she's very short. So it makes a lot of her stuff like look even worse. Mm-hmm. Like when she does that uh, spike Rana. It looks so bad because it looks like she's dropping these guys ridiculously far because they're just so much taller than her. Mm-hmm. Especially like when she interferes in a, in a match and she does it to a guy yeah. who's like 6'5". I think she has a very good um, Hurricane Rana. Yeah. She has a very good one, which some of those, some look bad. She has a good one. Yeah, she has a And whenever she does good... it to a guy, I feel like it's believable. Yeah. It's like, wow, that actually looks like that would do that to somebody. That actually so. looks like that would really hurt. Yeah. But um, I have a question for you. Okay. How do you think they're going to go about getting Kofi to Mania? I think... With the fast lane match and all that stuff. I think he's going to... I don't know. Because I don't see it in his character to interfere. No, I think... Mm. I think I almost think you have like like that power struggle against Vince story start. Mm-hmm. You have that you have that Vince power struggle story start where maybe where maybe Shane because it's it's definitely within the character of Shane McMahon to screw Kevin Owens. Yeah, um I mean they've had their but right now the thing is I don't want it to be Kevin Owens getting screwed. I want it to just be Kofi getting what he deserves. Yeah. Because Kevin's not heel right now. No. On SmackDown, he was very much face. He even came out and he came out like he had his normal anger, like straight face when he sat down. Like he didn't even like look at Kofi when he saw it. But then he went in the back. He was like, he told Steph and Shane, he was like, I understand that Kofi deserves this. He was like, he deserves it just as much as I do that I want to team up with him tonight and show Daniel Bryan a lesson. And um, they won the match, and it, the whole time Kevin was acting face. Yeah, so he is he is a face, and I so he doesn't deserve to necessarily get screwed. But I think I think oh I may, maybe maybe lay the the Kevin Owens face turn in even harder, and have him just like not have him not do anything. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be interesting, which yeah. is has intrigued me. Because if it, if it, if you have heel Kevin Owens, it is easy. Yeah. Because Kofi interfering does nothing to him. Yeah, I think you can have Kofi having Kofi interfere. Maybe the New Day interferes and Kofi isn't there. Yeah. Maybe Co- and in the back Kofi's like, guys, 
that's not the way to do it or whatever. And Xavier and Big E are like, we had to. It's been 11 years. You deserve this. This isn't fair or whatever. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, you get the, fine. You get this match. Yeah. But uh, and maybe he gets Xavier and Big E. Kevin Owens, Sammy comes back and supports Kevin, and yeah. then you have Eric or, or you have Eric Rowan and Luke Harper with Brian. You could do any of that, but at least, just, at least they got their first names back. Did they? Yeah, because they called him Eric Rowan. I thought they still said Rowan. I think I think a couple times Daniel Bryan did call him Eric Rowan. Maybe I was um I didn't have the sound on. I was watching through closed captions because uh, I, I was actually watching SmackDown at work. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So nice. I had closed captions on, but I didn't. So he might have said that. But um, yeah. It's just interesting to me because usually if the heat like and with Becky, you can have her do that because she's not really face either. She's she's an anti-hero. Yeah. So she she's, can she can interfere and beat people up and do all that. She's she's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like she could do basically anything she wants and people will still cheer her at this point. But Kofi is a hundred percent pure baby face. Yeah, pure face. And so you have to be a little more careful. Yeah. But um it's it's so clear that we're gonna get that at WrestleMania. Yeah. And there is such a good possibility that we have Kofi leaving as WWE champion, Seth leaving as Universal Champion, and Becky leaving as Raw Women's Champion. Yes. I it's just you can't mess this up. There's it's so easy to book. Yeah. Just do it. Yes. Yeah. Just the, do it. The just rest book of, it. The rest of that card could be hot garbage. You just book it. It is so easy. Just book it. <laughs> the rest of WrestleMania could be pure garbage. Like you could have Tamina win the SmackDown Women's the Championship. Is, I don't think it will be garbage either. But if you do these three things right, it's a ten out of ten WrestleMania. Yeah. Because because all you have to do is like all you need is one shot of like set of you got to frame it right. You have to have, like, Brock Lesnar looking like an absolute mess. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, I wouldn't I wouldn't have a problem if they broke Lesnar open. Oh, and the thing is, he'd do that. Like, he would do that. He doesn't care. You sure? Yeah, I mean, he he's a, U- he's a UFC fighter. He's been hit hard. He can do yeah. that. He's done it to other people. If yeah. he's – because we know if he's losing, he's, he's like, not going to be on TV if he yeah. does for, like, another year. If he – but I think he – well, I'm also worried about his ego. Like, I am worried about Brock Lesnar's ego. He Screw. sells for certain people, and he sold he's sold for Seth in the past. That's true. It's but, just you – ha- you have to match him up with somebody that he, I guess, respects, which this shouldn't be a problem because he's an employee. He should do it, he's told. Yeah. But anyway, he – um, I feel like he respects Seth enough. Yeah. So To actually sell for him, but yeah. I – I don't know if they'd let him. He'd let him break him open though, because that's what should happen. Because that would be a nice callback to. He's bled a couple times in this last year. It would be a nice callback to last year. Yeah. Where he <clears throat> just elbowed Roman's face he open. Even did that to Randy a couple years ago at yeah. SummerSlam. Yeah, and like that, I heard. Of, I heard of. I heard about. Did you hear about what happened backstage after that? Yes. Jericho like didn't know that was part of the match, no, and, and he got very mad. And Jericho squared up to Brock Lesnar. Yeah, Jericho's stupid, but in like a good way. <laughs> Jericho is Jericho's villi- like, I don't care, you're Brock Lesnar. I will fight you. <laughs> it's like okay. Well, Jericho's actually successfully beaten up Goldberg before. I heard no. Jericho Jericho can fight is the word on the street. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised. Like I I want to see him break some of that out in AEW. Probably. I mean, he's good. He is just good at the professional wrestling. Yeah, he character, in ring, everything. He's good at it. Mike work, like he is 
And I, I love this character he's going with right now. Mm-hmm. Like, have you seen some of the stuff he's been doing? He's like, he's taking credit for sell, for Double or Nothing selling out as quick as it did. He is taking like sole credit mm-hmm. for how popular AEW is, which is exactly the character he needs to play. Yeah. Because that's the mistake TNA made. Yeah. Is building, because that is not, that is not a character you build around. A guy with, a character with that much of an ego saying, I'm the reason this is all happening like it's all me none of you matter that mm-hmm. is not that is not a character you build a brand around no it's not that is that is a character who gets a run for a little while and then gets screwed over by someone younger yeah people don't it's it's harder to book a face than it is a heel yeah and so you but you need you need that face to be the face of your company which is why it's hard yeah you need a you, but you need a good heel for people yeah, to get behind the but faces. It's, it's, it's easier to book that, and they they've done a good job at that with Jericho. Yeah, yeah and I think like like Kenny Omega is going to be the face. Yeah, and that's fine because people like Kenny. So people love Kenny Omega, and he got he got rid of the Sephiroth theme though. He hasn't been using it. I'm very disappointed because I love that theme. Like his finisher's still called One Winged Angel. Like you should like your finisher's named after Sephiroth. You should use the Sephiroth Sephiroth theme as your entrance. Yeah. Like that, that one's so good, and he hasn't been using it. He's been using like a modified version of the elite theme, mm-hmm. which he might he might show up with a new one at Double or Nothing, which I wouldn't be surprised. Show up with like a new nerd theme at Double or Nothing. I I wouldn't be surprised at all if he did that, and I'd be very okay with it. What is the date of Double or Nothing? May twenty fifth. And what are the ways to stream that? Uh, I haven't heard anything announced yet. The it, it'll probably be on Fight. Uh, AEW might launch their own streaming service. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I would hope they would, because I mean, All In was on both Ring of Honors and New Japan's. Yeah, but now AEW is its own promotion. So I think I think I mean Tony Khan's got enough money; they could start their That's own streaming the thing. service. If you want to be taken seriously, you have to do something like that. Yeah, they have to. I think they will. They haven't announced anything yet, but I think they'll probably have like a stream, their own streaming service. They might not have it up and running for double or nothing, but I think by the time the rumored the the Jacksonville pay per view <laughs> rolls around, which is rumored to be called Fighting for the Fallen, mm-hmm. I think by the time that rolls around, they'll probably have their own streaming service. And if they have a streaming service, I'm getting it. Yeah, that's the. <clears throat> the th- if uh, are they going to do the WWE thing where you get a month free? <laughs> oh, that'd be nice. New New Japan World did not have that. I had to. <laughs> I had to pay for New Japan World for the one month I had it. I've only watched that. I've only watched Wrestle Kingdom once, and I did it illegally. So I, I didn't. I did watch <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom legally. I watched it this past. I watched this Wrestle Kingdom. I watched thirteen. I got a New Japan World subscription, and I canceled it at the end of January. And it was it was well worth it. I enjoyed Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I am so stoked for Mania this year. Mania weekend is just going to be stacked. Like I'll I'll probably get New Japan World back to watch the G1 Supercard on Saturday. You have Takeover Friday night. Mm-hmm. The the G1 Supercard on Saturday is going to be an amazing show, and then you got WrestleMania on Sunday. Yeah, like oh. that's a loaded <clears throat> weekend. The only thing um, I'm not going to is the Hall of Fame. Yeah, which <clears throat> it seems pretty boring. Yeah, from what I've seen on TV, so. I mean, DX is going to be there. Tori Wilson, um, Honky Tonk Man. Yeah, it's a it's a good class this year, but it's not like it's not like a huge deal. I'd rather yeah. go to the actual shows. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I'm ex- so excited for Takeover. And I then... think 
I think the one time I would I would actually want to go to a Hall of Fame induction is the inevitable when the shield goes in. Yeah. I because I think they'll probably go in as as the shield and then as individuals at the same time. Yeah, they'll probably all be two-time Hall of Famers before it's over. Well, but um because their their careers are so linked together. Like they all pinned each other to win their first world title. Like there is, there is a. An I don't un- know. I feel like I'd want to go the new, when the new day get inducted. Oh, that'll be a party. When because Kofi's going to be a two-time Hall of Famer. Yeah, and, and at the end of their career, if they ever break up, Big E and Xavier have the potential too as well. Yeah, but um, I'm always on the side of I don't ever want to see them break up because no. I love it so much. No, it's so great. People I, that's you have to break them up to have Kofi as champion. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Absolutely no, not. No, I want to see I want to see a New Day WWE Championship celebration. Oh, me too. Especially with the character Daniel Bryan has been playing. Mm-hmm. Like a New Day party would be the perfect counter to that. Like pancakes, bacon, probably giant like ridic- comically oversized mm-hmm. steaks. And then you can just have a thing where um, they're doing a celebration, and Daniel comes out and f- beats them all up and flips it all. Over. It's it's it writes itself. Yeah, it's it so writes easy. itself. When there is food in the ring mm-hmm. at a wrestling event, it will not be consumed. No, at least and not all of it. Another thing that writes itself is the way Kofi needs to enter at WrestleMania is so easy. So you just have Big E do the normal New Day thing. Oh, Xavier and Big E come out. And then he still has his mic, and then he goes, and then, like, now for the soon-to-be WWE champion, and then SOS plays, and it's just, it would be so good. And <laughs> Kofi comes out at, comes out to SOS, his old his old thing, and Biggie and Xavier jam into it like they do oh, with yeah. everyone's theme music. They love wrestling theme music. Yeah. And they're jamming to it, and he walks down to the ring with SOS playing. Oh, that'd be amazing. Perfect. It'd be amazing. He does the boom boom with the pyro because you should get pyro at WrestleMania. Yeah, he does his boom 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 with the pyro. SOS is one of the best theme songs. It, that's the only bad part about the new day is that we don't get SOS anymore. Yeah, but <clears throat> that's gonna do it for this section of the mashup. We filled up a lot of time with that, but it's you and me talking wrestling. So <laughs> I could do a whole two hours about that. Yeah, that could that would not surprise me at all. But we're gonna take a quick break. We'll come right back to. Uh, Talk some uh, NBA. We'll be right back right after this here on The Mashup. talking some NBA and what a mess yeah what a, what a mess the entire league is right now yeah the entire league is a mess the Lakers the Lakers are gonna miss the playoffs I it's just I just don't get it the Lakers LeBron going- had 30 16 and 9 yesterday and they lost to the Phoenix Suns the worst team in basketball yep and he almost had a 30-point triple-double, and they lost. Yep. 
The Lakers are going to miss the playoffs. Yeah, they've their last in the last two weeks, they've lost to Memphis twice, who is one of the worst teams in basketball, and the Suns, New, New and New Orleans when they didn't have Anthony Davis play at all. Yeah, or like Anthony Davis, even if he does play, he's sitting out the fourth quarter. Yeah, they beat them. They beat them in the uh, the other time they played them this week only because he didn't play in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so it's just they are a mess, and like everyone can blame it on LeBron. He has he's averaging. Um, twenty, like twenty five, nine and eight. He's just not playing defense. Yeah, the thing is, I saw you wrote on that the that on um the on the write up. I'm biased. I am one of the biggest LeBron fans in the world, but I've seen many tweets from people that have talked to Luke Walton and everything, and they have said that the couple of the clips they've shown against Memphis in that one game, they weren't running man. They were in a zone. And bec- and it was because Mike Conley had beaten them on three straight possessions. So their goal was don't let Mike Conley drive to the paint. So LeBron was guarding the paint in case Mike Conley drove. And Luke Walton said, we were allowing an open three if it went in, it went in. Which I think that says a lot about people wanting Luke Walton fired. Yeah. But um, yeah, that that's, that's he a- said 100%. That was the game plan. LeBron didn't play bad defense on that. And then I also saw a video of that game where there was like um, someone posted it. Um, LeBron, um, people shooting against LeBron defensively shot like 7% in that game. But it's people chose one play or whatever. Or the uh, the inbounds pass where he threw it off the backboard. Yeah, no, that was fair. That was bad. That it's, looks pretty bad. Yeah, there's always clips like you can pull out a clip of people during any game. But... I don't think it's fair to blame something on someone when they have 30, 16, and 9. Yeah, that's very true. But the, I still think it might have been a bad decision by the Lakers to sign him. It If they don't get anyone in free agency um, this year, then that's fair. But L.A. is a very interesting place because it's people want to go to L.A. Yeah. Normally they get they haven't gotten free agents of late just because they've been so bad. They've been terrible. But you have LeBron now. So yeah. if you add another superstar to that, you can go to the finals. Especially if Durant leaves the Warriors, you can go to the finals with oh, another yeah. superstar with LeBron. If Durant and, like goes to the Knicks or does something insanely yeah. dumb. Because yeah. Durant on the Knicks wins absolutely nothing. The thing is, if it just him goes to the Knicks, right now they are the second seed or the second worst seed. So, I mean, they have a good chance of getting Zion, too. Yeah. I don't know. Zion and Durant, people say Curry might go there. I don't know. But um, because Curry, if we're, we could talk about later how the Celtics are a mess right now as well. Yeah. Kyrie does not look like he's going to be back in Boston. No. He, does, he looks like he is not enjoying himself. It, I mean, if last year is any indication, the Celtics are kind of better without him. I said before the season started, me and my roommate like got in a fight about this. They are worse. Like, he was like, I think they can beat the Warriors this year. I think they're going to win the finals. And I was like, there is no way. They are worse without Kyrie. If you traded Kyrie for, like, another bench player, they do better. Because, and he was like, they have Gordon Hayward and all this. Gordon Hayward's been awful this year. Yeah. I know he had a terrible injury, but I'm that, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He's been bad. He's been pretty bad this He's year. He's been yeah. bad. He comes off the bench. He plays, like, 20 minutes a game and scores, like, less than five. Yeah. Like, he's not good. And then Kyrie, he can put up these stats, but he requires the ball so much yeah. that it takes everyone out of their rhythm, and they just don't play the same as they did last year without him. When you have a Jason Tatum, 
Yes. Like you don't. And Jalen Brown was so good last year. Yeah. And he's been he struggled some this year, and he ended up they ended up moving him to the bench. And I think a lot of that has to do with he isn't getting the touches that he did last year because of Kyrie. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Yeah, I mean, a team with Jason Tatum. Mark, um, Marcus Smart, yeah. um, Jalen Brown, Al Horford, all people like this—they have like you—you you don't need a superstar. If you're gonna win it all, I think you do. Yeah, but you need a superstar that doesn't require the ball as yeah. much. If anything, like I don't think they trade. They shouldn't trade all their young guys to New Orleans for Anthony Davis. I would trade Kyrie Irving and a couple picks. The thing is, they could do that if Kyrie wasn't a free agent at the end of this year. Yeah, Kyrie's a free agent. Dang. Uh, I agree with you on that. If he was signed for at least two more years. Yeah, but they're not the, going to take that. The, no, the better package would have been, for them anyway, would have been Kyrie and maybe two first-rounders for Anthony Davis. Pelicans probably would have taken that. Oh, yeah. And then you have... All your young guys with Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is a superstar, but since he's a big man, he's not ball dominant. No, he's, he's not. not bringing the ball up the court, determining what happens the entire possession, <laughs> and anything, then maybe taking a shot. If anything, you use him, you feed him in the post, or use him in the pick and roll, or use him on the pick and roll, or just use him as a rebound monster. Yes. Where, I mean, with that with that outside shooting lineup, you're not going to miss often. But when they do yeah. occasionally miss, you which. Have him jump over everybody and dunk. Exactly. That's exactly what Boogie is for the Warriors right now. I watched the Sixers-Warriors game last night. There was like three possessions where Steph actually missed, but Boogie just grabbed the board and went up with an acrobatic put back. Two points still. Yeah. It's like, that's exactly what the Warriors needed, was a strong, athletic, um, talented big man that can get a board and a putback if they do actually miss. That's exactly what they needed. And put that in Boston, and you've got a really good team. Yeah, exactly. So so having a superstar big man is more beneficial for them than having a superstar point guard. Especially a very ball-dominant point guard. Yeah, so I mean, I agree that Kyrie's not going to be there next year, so he might go to New York, Um, but... Next year is going to be a lot more interesting. I hope. With especially with this draft coming up, you're going to have some stars going to teams. Yeah, that I are think, really bad. I think the um, the talent in the league is going to be split up more, and it's going to be Finally. more fun after the Warriors get their inevitable ring again this year. Yeah, it should be fun again next season. But because I think the Warriors are going to break up after this year. Oh yeah, uh, I don't see Durant playing there again. He said it's about the money. They don't have enough to give him a super max. Um. Boogie, Boogie, they've made it very clear. Even Steve Kerr essentially said, we signed Boogie, he's going to get a ring, and he's going to leave. That's essentially what he said. <laughs> yeah, Boogie's Steve gone. Kerr is usually pretty transparent about stuff like yeah. that. So Boogie's going to get his ring, and he's gone. And the Warriors are going to go back to having Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Oh, that must be awful. Oh, that must be so terrible. <laughs> three the super- team that went 73-9. and nine. Three superstars, three guaranteed first ballot Hall of Famers. Yeah, that must be awful. Oh, it must be just so terrible. Yeah, so for they're going to go back to that where they're going to lose two All Stars, the second best player in the world, and still be the favorite to win. Probably they're going to be the favorite, but they're not going to be the no. Guarantee. Yeah, exactly. No, it's okay if they're the favorite, but knowing that they're going to win is the annoying part. Yeah, that's the thing. If knowing that they're going to win in October, it's, I just think next year we go from having one team that can win it all to maybe four. Yeah. Which, having four teams that can win it all, that's a lot for NBA. Yeah, by the NBA's ridiculous standards, that's that's perfectly fine with me. Because next year, I think, obviously the Warriors, mm-hmm. I would say 
if Houston gets their their stuff together, I think they're the the next best team in the West. You could say Houston just for the fact that they kind of have the Warriors number. Yeah. Even if they're even when they're a less talented team, they play the Warriors very well. And if the Warriors drop off, they could be yeah. by losing Durant and Boogie. Yeah, so drop. I can get behind that. If uh, LeBron gets a superstar, whatever team LeBron's on, I could see that. Yeah, wherever LeBron is, uh, if the Celtics build around their young guys and and get a, a good big man, mm-hmm. I could see, I could see maybe the Sixers making the leap if they. If they get maybe another, if they get a better ball handler, if they replace Markel Fultz. And um, for me, for the Sixers, the better coach. I don't know how you feel about Brett Brown. He's not an amazing coach. Last night, I I only watched the fourth quarter. He essentially lost them that game. Yeah, he he's not a great coach. At the end of games, every time I watch a game, it seems like if you guys lose, it's because he he coached bad. He did something stupid. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. I would say right now, out of the four, Brett Brown is the worst coach in Philadelphia. I think that's fair because I mean he's competing with he's competing with a guy who's had the job for two months, mm-hmm. a guy who won a Super Bowl, and the guy who's had the job for a year. Yeah. So he's he's and pro- his career record's really bad because of the whole process. <laughs> yeah, his career record is in the toilet because he was. He was brought in to be the coach during the process. And now that the process is over, I think it is time to move on. Yeah, I mean, Philadelphia fans can love him and respect him for that, for being the coach during that time. Yeah. But if, if you're going to make that leap, I think you have to have a coach that can coach these young guys. You know what? Actually, I just thought of an idea. If the Spurs aren't going to pull the trigger, throw all the money at her. At, really? Yeah. Do it. Okay. Do I mean, it. Do it, 76ers, for the love of God. That would make you amazing. Okay. I mean, I mean, and yeah, you can give Brett Brown, uh, Brett Brown, like a front office spot or something. Yeah, like give him, give him like special assistant to the GM. Yeah, give him one of those like college cushy yeah, jobs. Because I don't know if another team would take him or not. Yeah, but. because there's there's so many like colleges do that all the time. Like yeah. when a coach retires, they just give him like a cushy job. Like here, we'll give you a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, like, like Gary Williams still is, still works for University of Maryland. Some way. He's we don't know what he does. But. Special assistant to the athletic director. Which, I have I have no clue what that means. He sends him a text and says hi a couple of times a year, <laughs> something like that. It's like, yeah, you're Gary Williams, so we're just going to give you money. Yeah. Like you don't want to be our coach anymore, but we we still appreciate you, so we still want to pay you. Like, um, like that's that's all he's got to do. Another interesting NBA thing has been um, Trey Young over the last couple weeks. Yeah, he's been going off. He's kind of closing in the Rookie of the Year fight a little yeah. bit. Yeah, th- all year it's been Luca's winning that without a doubt, hundred percent. Because Luca, this is not saying I still don't think Luca deserves to win because no. Luca has been amazing. Luca's a freak. Luca plays like he's been in the league for six years. Yeah, but he's a rookie. But Trey Young on that awful Hawks team. Oh, it's just a. Well, that's that's another team who I could see in a few years because they have be, John Collins too has played very well and Kevin Herter. Yeah, I mean you add you give them a superstar, but the thing is it's just it's so hard to do that. Yeah, they I mean they're in the running for Zion. Yeah, the yeah. way the way the draft lottery is now, the Wizards are in the run for Zion. Yeah. The Wizards have only a five percent chance less than the Suns right now, and they're the eighth worst team. That the NBA lottery has made it so they really don't like tanking. Yeah. So they're like, if you're one of the bottom eight or nine, you have just as much chance essentially as everybody. So, yeah. So I mean, 
any of these teams could get Zion and change their um and change their franchise. Change so. their entire franchise. Like if you put Zion on the Hawks, they're immediately a high seed playoff contender. I, you put Zion with the Wizards with Bradley Beal, who's averaging like thirty five a game this last month. Yeah, it's that's like, true. And then John Wall comes back after a year and he's good. That team right there, great. Because Zion is a superstar. Yeah. Zion is a superstar. Zion is an NBA level superstar already. Yes, he's just he playing is. college ball. Mm-hmm. 100%. Because he's already NBA sized. Yep. That ain't fair. That just isn't fair. A matchup that I really like, um, or uh, a draft um, where a team I could see is the Ma- if the Mavericks, because they have a bad record as well. If they ended up falling into that top three or four and they got Murray, because they need a point guard. And he's good. Ugh. They have him, Luca, Chris Taps next year. Oh, my. that's a big three. It is. That's a big. That's three. what I'm saying. That's, so, a, that's a young big three. Like that's why if you're a fan of like the Suns or the Knicks or something, and you're so bad and the draft lot that sucks that the draft lottery is like that now. But if you're all, all the other teams, yeah, it makes it a lot more interesting. Well, same thing with the Suns. Like if they get Zion, you you can put Zion and Devin Booker and Aiden. Aiden's been playing very well yeah. the last couple months as well. Aiden, when he got drafted, they knew he was kind of going to be a project. Yeah. Because he had everything. It was just turning him into an NBA center. Yeah. And he's learning that now. And, like, last night, he was the reason they beat the Lakers. He had, like, yeah. 26 and 13 or something like that. And they have they have Bridges, who's a very good Once again, player. He's a, he was a project as well. Jackson was also a project. They have yeah. all these young, athletic guys that could play basketball. Yeah. But you have to put them in – can they play NBA basketball? Yeah, they have and to get. They have to build up to NBA size. Yeah, and bit. if they if they get that, and you add Zion into that, oh my gosh, that's the new best team in the West. That's I'm saying. That's so good. Yeah, like the NBA actually has a chance to be interesting again mm-hmm. next year. Yeah, once the Warriors break up and all these guys get drafted, the biggest slap in the face is if Durant just resigns with them. Oh, that would just be like they would just be like, ha ha, screw you. Yeah, no, it really would. That'd be awful. I don't even want to think about that. Yeah, let's let's not think about okay. that. Okay. <laughs> but we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap it up with some NHL talk. We'll be right back right after this here on The Mashup. segment here we actually got through the entire rundown this week nothing good. ran over good job we, us good job us we uh we stayed we didn't ramble <laughs> too bad and we we actually got through the entire rundown and we were gonna finish the show on time it's called progress it's called progress only only took us only took this show several months of existing only took this show into its sixth month of life <laughs> to finally get to a rhythm where it ends on time consistently <laughs> But the NHL trade deadline has come and gone, and I'll start with my team because they they did make a move that that pretty much the entire fan base knew was coming, and I wasn't looking forward to it, but it it happened. Yep. And it, the Flyers did in fact trade Wayne Simmons, and I was knowing this was going to happen was just terrible, but like if. His last game as a flyer was the stadium series game. Yeah, so that's good. That is, that is the perfect way for Wayne Simmons to go out. Absolutely drilling 
a penguin's defenseman <laughs> destroying Dumoulin and then getting into a fight where he also beat up Chris Letang. Like, that is the perfect way to go out as a flyer. That is the ultimate way to go out as a flyer is just to, just to, well, really, it, it obviously wasn't intentional, but he cost the Penguins two of their defensemen, mm-hmm. two of their good defensemen. And now the Penguins are probably going to miss the playoffs. I hope so. I mean, I don't think the Flyers are making the playoffs at this point. Like, I, I don't think there are enough games left for them to catch up in the standings. Like, right now, they're sitting, they are five points out, or seven points out, of the Eastern Conference wildcard spot. And they're eight points out in the division. Yep. So, that's doable, but that's not exactly easy. They've been winning lately, which is good. I, I don't need them to tank for, for Jack Hughes. That's the thing. If they would have just not had one of the worst starts to a season ever, they'd yeah. be in the playoffs right they'd, now. They'd probably be sitting at second in the division right now. Yeah. They'd probably they'd probably be sitting right around 80 points, and they would probably be second or third in the division. Because the Metro division's pretty tight. Yeah, it is. That's why the Capitals got a huge win over the Islanders. The Capitals moved back in front. Yeah, and the the uh, the Flyers just beat the Islanders I needed today, that, and then the so Capitals that, won again today. So. so that that helps your team out a lot. And thank it, you, thank you. And it it helps us a little bit because it's getting these younger guys some experience. Mm-hmm. But I I am I was I was disappointed with the Wayne Simmons trade at first, but then I saw what Ryan Hartman can do. Mm-hmm. He absolutely blew a guy up. In his, in his first game as a flyer, it was in Philadelphia, and he just destroyed a guy. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's always fun. <laughs> I'm on board with you now. Welcome to Philadelphia. Yep. It's like, okay, welcome to the Flyers. You definitely belong here. And that was it's – been, it's been a good stretch for them lately. Like, they uh, – hopefully it's not too serious, but Nolan Patrick did take a puck to the head today, and he, he came out of the game. So I don't know what that 4-1 win will cost us in the long run. Like, I don't think, I still don't think they're making the playoffs. But if these young guys can get some experience playing semi-meaningful games down the stretch of the season, and then next year, those guys will all have another year experience under their belt. They'll trim some of the fat of the guys who don't belong on the team. And Carter Hart will be back. Yep. I did see it was a funny um, stat. I think you guys broke the record for most goalies started in Eight. a season. Eight. It's absurd. Yeah. That is mostly to blame on department store Dave. Yeah. Driving our goalies into the ground. Like, it hasn't... If Scott Gordon was coached from the beginning of the season, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Like, if if they fired Ron Hextall and Dave Hextall in the offseason like they should have, you would have... You would probably have Carter Hart starting the season in goal. And I don't know how that would have been would have gone. He had a terrible season to start the AHL. Like his AHL numbers were not actually that good this year. Yeah. So, I don't know how that would have gone, but if if you fight okay, say you don't say you don't bring up Carter Hart, but if you fire Dave Haxtell and you have and you promote Scott Gordon and make him your head coach, like you don't play eight goalies in a single season because that moron Dave Haxtell isn't playing the same goalie both nights of a back-to-back 
Yeah, that's on, ridiculous. On, that's why they had to call up Carter Hart in the first place, because they just ran out of goalies. <laughs> he played Stolarz on both ends of a back-to-back. Stolarz uh, pulled his groin in the like five minutes into the first period, so he had to throw Elliott out there, who he should have started anyway. Elliott then got shelled. Or no, it was Neuwirth. Neuwirth then got shelled, and then he got fired, and we had to call up Carter Hart. Because yep. we were just out of goalies. And now Carter Hart got injured, so they had to play Cam Talbot. Which I think I think the duo of Hart and Talbot is going to be what you get next season from the Flyers. Because I think – I don't think Talbot will be around for long. I think you have him be like a veteran mentor to Carter Hart, and then when he's ready to take over, it's his job. Mm-hmm. And I think – because there is another – like the goalie – the Flyers actually have some goalie prospects – there's another guy who's like destined to be like a one-two punch with Carter Hart coming coming down the pipe. So when he's ready, that'll be your one-two punch. And if the rest of your team matures around them, that carries you to a Stanley Cup led by Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux and then all Claude Giroux, Voracek, James Van Riemsdyk, and then all these young guys, that could win you a cup. Mm-hmm. Like if they all develop properly. That could absolutely win you a cup. And I will lose it. If and when that happens, I lost it last year. Oh yeah, I'm sure you <laughs> did. Like that. Well, that that Stanley Cup Final series was amazing. Oh my gosh, their their whole run to the play uh, to the cup was amazing. And knocking the knocking the Penguins out that was that icing on the cake. I mean, because that was because normally I don't like the Caps, but when you're playing the Penguins, it's like okay, yeah, I'm on board with you. Go go get that win. <laughs> because like the Penguins, it's even worse than the Patriots. They're gross. That's all I can describe them as. They're, they're, and they made a really dumb move. Yep. They traded for Eric Goodbranson, one of the worst players in the NHL. They um. They made a deadline deal trade for a slow, aging defenseman. Yep. I am very okay with that. Keep doing dumb things, Pittsburgh. I don't want to see you make the playoffs again. I want to, like. I think their window is very much closing. I agree with that. The The window of the current core is, is closing, and it's closing fast. Because Crosby's going to turn 32 this year. He is? Yeah, Crosby's going to turn 32 this year. Yeah. It's easy to keep track of because his number is the year he was born. Ah, uh, fair. But his birthday's in July. So he's going he's gonna to turn 32 this summer. So he's getting older and 32 when you've had as many concussions as Sidney Crosby has is not good. Yeah. I mean, um, Ovechkin's up there in age, but he still yeah. can score goals with the best of them. So. Yeah, because he hasn't had that many injuries. Either. No. He's had a couple, but nothing like – they've all been pretty short-term. And they've never – they haven't been concussions. They've never been concussions. Which concussions is a big deal. It's so. been like his knee or his shoulder. It, yeah. it hasn't been something as serious. It, it's kept – like his longest injury has been what, about two months? Yeah. That that's not a huge deal for a hockey player if it happens once. Where where Crosby's missed like half of seasons because of concussion. Entire seasons sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So that I think I think his window is definitely closing. I mean, he's already got three. He yeah, doesn't. He's fine. He doesn't need more. At this point, um, I don't know if anyone beats the Lightning anyway. Yeah. So no, like that's that's what it even says. It's like th- this is what I wrote on the rundown, and I'll just read it straight off. Tampa continues to not care what anyone else did because they are still by far the best in the league. Yes, they are 100% the best in the league. Like, that is, 
that is insane how good they are. Vasilevsky is a freak of nature in goal. Kucherov is Kucherov is scoring at an unprecedented level. I think I think the Lightning win it all. I agree. It's going to be an interesting playoffs because there is mm-hmm. still some parity in the NHL. Yes. Unlike the NBA, but the Lightning are just that much better than everybody else. Yeah, I mean, if I had to bet money right now, the Lightning are going to win it. But yeah, I think the Lightning- once again, it'll be interesting. You never know because. Vasilevsky has one bad game, and that turns a series around. It, it, you can uh, the team that's number one; their goalie can have one bad series, and yeah. it just it happens. It yeah. happens sometimes. It, it just happens in the NHL. Lucky goals, ricochets, all that stuff happen in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Lucky so. bounces happen to the Flyers all the time. I'm very familiar. Yeah, it usually happens to the Capitals against the Penguins. The Penguins are the kings of oh, lucky, yeah. lucky goals. The the Penguins have built their legacy on lucky bounces. Yes. The Penguins have built their legacy on luck. like Lucky bounces and bad officiating. Yeah. You know, or <laughs> how the Penguins got Crosby. That was pure luck. That was yep. like, because the the 2004-2005 season was canceled, so they had no way to determine the draft lottery, so they just used historical record. And for the first 15 years of their existence, the Penguins were such crap that they had the best chance to get the number one pick. Like, the Penguins were absolute trash until 1982 when they drafted Lemieux. And that affected their overall historical record so much that they were historically the worst team in the NHL. That's a weird way to choose the lottery. Yeah, they did it based on like historical record of your, like, I guess adjusted for how long you've been around. And the Penguins ended up having the best shot at the number one pick. That's so weird. Yeah. I I think I, I, there's plenty of conspiracy theories about that, of like having... Of, like, rigging it for the Penguins? I think all draft lotteries are rigged no matter what the sport is. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of conspiracy theories about the NHL rigging that for the Penguins. Yeah. Just to, like... Like when the Knicks... Did, when it happened with the Knicks with Patrick Ewing. Yeah. To get... Or to have, like... To have um, Crosby play with Mario Lemieux for a year. Because Lemieux came out of retirement to play for play with Crosby for a year. Oh, gosh, I hate the Penguins. Same. But... That's going to do it for this episode of The Mashup. Thanks for listening. Uh, no show next week. We'll let you know about the 17th. and It's a big maybe. It's a big maybe for the 17th, and I won't be here on the 24th. I, I give that time slot to you if you want to do something with it. Oh, man. I actually don't know if I'll be here the 24th. Oh, gosh. <laughs> So we may go three weeks with nothing. We could. We'll see. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to plan this out. But thanks for listening, everybody. It was a good show. We will be back either the 17th or April or April 1st. I don't really know. But this has been the mashup. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time we have a show. 